I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? episode of the best supporting podcast a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite best supporting actresses my name is nick kachanov and it was the 18th century mozart not the 17th and my name is colin drucker and i'm nice Ah, <gasps> uh, pa rick is that his name pa i've been practicing all day like saying it like a spell around the yeah par parrick 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 yeah i you know i really i i looked at the cast list i think before i turned this on i looked at the characters names and i was like this is just going to be like one long seizure this episode trying to say some of these names but uh siobhan siobhan i know how to say because i had a neighbor named siobhan when i was a kid so there we go I've got that but otherwise, like, for example, the actress who plays Mrs. O'Riordan, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank yeah. you. All that to say that we are here to talk about Carrie Condon uh, and, you know, and company in 2022's The Banshees of Inishirin. I'm excited. I, I have... My initial thoughts, because I, I had texted you, I was 30 minutes in, and I was like, this is so charming. I'm having the best time. And then the last 30 minutes of this movie was not the best time. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I really liked it, more so than Triangle of Sadness. And I'm, I just, like, fell in love with Colin Farrell. I've never been a Farrell head until this movie. Oh, I I could not agree more. I was having the exact same thought of like Colin Farrell, I just I just don't engage. I just kind of keep swiping. I just all I can remember him being in is phone booth, you know, like I'm I've just never been invested sure. in him. And this boy did that turn the beat around. I mean, he those eyebrows, th- those oh. eyebrows set the standard for what I want all eyebrows to be. I know that, like, he is, I want to scoop him up. Uh Uh-huh. He's got that little boy face and those eyebrows and uh, and not little boy in a creepy way. He's just got that. You can tell what Colin Farrell looked like when he was, like, 10. You know what I mean? And he just got more and more handsome from there. He's, he has aged. He has aged like Irish whiskey. It's just incredible. It's a a delight to see. So, um, yeah, I love this movie oh yay i and it was such a relief because i you know as as we talked about it at more length in the best supporting after show last week and so if anyone wants to hear extended thoughts on the triangle of sadness you can join us at patreon.com slash bsa pod but um 
you know, it was, it, it's sort of a, it's a downer to not like a movie you're doing an episode on, you know? Sure. And especially when people recommend it, and you're like, oh God, you know? And like, here I am being like, dun, 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 you know, like <laughs> just, you know, not the showcase showdown people were hoping for. And yeah. so I was like, all right, Banshees of Inishirin, I need you to pick my spirits up, even though I know this movie is not house arrest for example yes yes and i knew going in because i always do my does the dog die research i knew about jenny and that made me feel like jesus christ can i can i get a break from from donkeys dying (laughs) i know (laughs) it went two weeks in a row yeah yeah uh but i was i but i also knew going in that sam uh colm's dog was not going to be killed and i and so it was like, you know, kind of going a little trepidatious, like, all right, well, I know a donkey's going to die in the third act, but maybe I'll have fun. Oh, God. I swept away. It's so Irish. I want to just, like, live. I don't want to live in that time, but I want to go there for, like, a week and wear thick sweaters and just go to the pub, you know? Mm, oh, my God. Those sweaters. <sighs> there was that one blue one that... Parrick wore I think it was uh, I think I know what you're talking about it's think, later yeah. in the movie it's like later the, into the movie and it's yeah. a beautiful rich blue sweater and I was like that's it I I, I need that sweater and uh, fun fact all of the sweaters in this movie were all knit by this like old Irish man who made them specifically for them for this movie never met any of them just was like you know here you go lads you know here's your here's your feckin' sweaters <laughs> Fucking sweaters, yeah, and you know, pissed <laughs> off. And I just, I was like, oh, I'm so glad. Like, there's so much intention behind these sweaters because these sweaters, like, I want that man to be like carry, take the crown from Anne Roth and put it on this man's head. You know, yes. And he made double. I read like he made like one of like maybe not one of each of them, but like just in case. You know, I'm, right. I feel like, oh, God bless that man. And you're right. It's like they're. There are these pops of color that come up every once in a while. Siobhan's coat, oh, God, for instance. That like, oh, my God. Even, but, like, even, like, in the set design, like, the storefront of, like, the Riordans or O-Riordans. I don't know if there was the an Riordans, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, like, Kelly green color on the storefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, and, and the way that, like, um, uh, Parrick's, you know, his his horse and buggy the carriage has this kind of like faded light blue yes paint on it that's like it does it's like not overdone but it's just against kind of the the grays and the greens and the browns it pops and it it's a i mean this movie is stunning it is just fucking be fecking if you will beautiful i absolutely was just like Hi, uh, you know, take me on the next Shillelagh air over because God damn it, you know. <laughs> Have you ever been to Ireland or even, I guess, like the UK since it's adjacent? Mm. I have never been to the UK at all. I've <sighs> been, it's like I've been to Switzerland and I've been to Germany because I had a long distance boyfriend who lived in Zurich so it's like nothing you know he was in a he was an American who had moved over there years ago so it wasn't like he was I don't want anyone to think that I was like with some like you know Swiss mister you know what I mean yeah sure Um, he was a very nice guy but he wasn't like oh you know he wasn't a big slice of holy cheese or anything but uh but in all of those travels 
never i've never been to england i've never been to london i feel like that's like the first stop for americans when they're going to europe um and uh so yeah i've never been to ireland but my parents have been they did one of those like they did like a three-week tour of ireland because of course yeah because uh, my mom's family is all you know super irish catholic uh and so you know there's and my stepdad's family is all super irish catholic so i think they all they had you know um they had, you know, people who are like, oh, she knew my great grandmother and it's some old potato of a woman, you know? Yes. <laughs> Very white lotus. Yeah. Yeah. So ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, how about you? Have you what's your your experience? No, I haven't been yet. And I, I know I mean, we're always looking for like it's always nice when someone lives there and you know someone because not only can you possibly stay with that person, they can also like walk you through it i guess um so a, a really i don't think i've ever talked about her on the podcast but when i lived in new york um my good friend claire she's from the u.s uh, the u.s <laughs> the uk and i met her doing theater in connecticut of all places but she was great and one of my besties and she's still in the uk in fact actually no i can't say that never mind it's um her son just booked a movie. That's all I can say. And uh, she said, don't tell anyone the details. I was like, okay. But I almost just told the world, Colin. Oh, my God. Um, the whole world. But with an A-list star. I'll tell you off mic. I'll keep everyone in suspense. But um, And then Keon's cousin. Of course, Keon has family everywhere. But um, his cousin, Ralph, lives in the UK with his wife, Laura. I think he works for Facebook or something. Um, so, yeah, we have people to visit. It's like, I, I think if I... If I had my choice, that'd be one of the next and like the top three places to go. Keon wants to go to Japan. He might be going to Dubai with some friends as well this year. Oh, I know. It's like there's a lot of a uh, lot of possibility. I I cannot for personally make all those trips. Like financially, I I get to choose one. You know, like where oh, yeah. would I want to go. But um, and the Dubai trip is with. It'd be like a uh, not a big group of his friends, but like four or five people together. And there's something about like. I think that would be good. And also I kind of want Keon to myself. So I'm, you know, we're sorting it out. That's yeah. I mean, that's a, wow. That's a, and Dubai is just, Oh my God. It, it's just, I feel like it's a going to space. I um, know. Right. It yeah. feels like otherworldly. One of his friends, it's like a friend of a friend moved there or mm-hmm. is moving there this year actually. And I think she's there now. So we would have a place to stay potentially. And all of his friends are like super rich anyway. So it's like, I'll just like tag along with like my stick and a bandana. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It says Dubai or bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is all to say I've never been and I would love to. I, I feel like I I wouldn't want to leave uh, the UK, that is, or even Ireland because it just, uh, I just like, I want to go to a pub at like 2 p.m. and just mm-hmm. get knackered, you know? One with food, one with like ridiculously oh, good yeah. like fish and chips or some oh, kind God, of yes. pie situation that just like puts me out for a few hours. Oh, yeah. And then to take a like a good nap and a mm. chunky sweater. Yes, a good nap and a chunky sweater. With and a dog. With a dog, you know, and if there's a little mini pony or a little mini donkey floating around, so I yeah. can, she can come inside as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. it's it's I this year I feel like I I had had kind of like a you know an idea in my head of oh I want to go to Europe at some point and, you know do a little maybe just at least go to London you know and maybe do like one other stop somewhere like sure I think the, the thought was like maybe do like Amsterdam and London you know um, 
and who knows? I think once I get this job situation figured out and I get all that and, you know, I know what my, I know what my finances look like for the rest of the year, then I can, you know, and more importantly, I have someone to watch over, you know, Mr. You know who. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Because I don't travel unless I know someone's going to be with my cat at every single second of the day. Yeah. You know, what's funny is there's a possibility, a possibility that. There are like six trips up in the air right now for like where we could possibly go. And one of them is Amsterdam. Keon's cousins want to do like an Amsterdam. I think it was Amsterdam or somewhere else, but I couldn't remember. Um, Which, as you might remember and listeners remember, like we went a couple years ago. It was like our Amsterdam Amsterdam Paris trip where I lost my passport. Um, so who knows? We might be there. Shane Camaro's there, Colin. Yeah, this could be, I mean, all right. Yeah. Just putting it out to the universe. This could be a thing. Um, but you know, none of this is in a Sheeran. None of this That's is right. Ireland, but I, I would love to go to Ireland at some point. I feel like yeah. I would just, I would swoon and, um, find a man with bushy eyebrows and a chunky uh, sweater and, oh uh, call it macaroni. Yeah. And, and, and loving animals. Yeah. So, yeah, the Banshees of Inishirin, which, you know, at, at this point, I feel like is in some form or another is going to be a shoe in, at least in terms of Oscar nominations. Um, it was I believe I'd read it was it had the most Golden Globe nominations since Cold Mountain. And fun fact, you know who was in Cold Mountain? Brendan Gleeson. So this this man is just, you know, uh, he is their golden boy of the Golden Globes. Uh, And and I think Carrie Condon has been nominated for Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress. I think she fully deserves a nomination for Best Supporting Actress for the Oscar. I think so, too. One of my favorite performances so far this year. Yeah, yeah. This was really, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect from her going in because this is certainly not a movie about... Her, or it doesn't seem to be a movie about her character or about her, but I I felt like this was such a great usage of supporting characters between her and Dominic. It was like they didn't the, – the movie wasn't about them, but there were scenes with them that weren't about the A plot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dominic was so feckin' annoying. Oh, I know. <laughs> I hated him. Well, and I didn't – I had to look it up because I, I knew that uh, – there were two nominations for the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. I knew Brendan Gleeson. And then I saw that was, uh, and I looked this up and I was like, oh, look at his last name, Barry Keon. Um, did you know that's how you pronounce his last name? Really? Yeah. Oh, so he got a Golden Globe nom? He got a Golden Globe nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Oh my gosh. And when I first started watching the movie, I thought that Barry Keon was John Joe, the bartender. And I was like, oh, I love that he got nominated. But no, it was Dominic. I love John Joe. That Me whole too. bar, I would, I feel welcome. They're yeah. allies. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I, such a good vibe, and I love ally energy. Um, yes. Yeah, John Joe and Jerry, uh, who was the other guy who would like they were like bantering with each other um, when uh, Parrick would go to visit them. They had such a great little chemistry, and I was like, ah, I could just, I could just kill my liver here you know i know what was it i think at the very end like when um uh parik like bought two pints and went over to the table and he's like oh you're not gonna sit with me like the bartender i think it was uh-huh. john who said that it was just so cute it's just like come over here and bullshit with me what are you doing over there i just right ugh. and there was that scene that. where like he and jerry and those two actors are like a comedy duo in ireland they're called yeah, yeah. unbelievables and they i love that they had that whole like 
moment where they were like, you know, you're, you know, you're a nice guy. You know, your your sister's a thinker. Yeah, sister's a thinker. Yeah, your sister's yes, a thinker. Yes. Like it was just great banter. Um, and I think that was something I didn't expect either. That this movie is not as heavy as I was expecting. It, it, it there is a lightness throughout, even in the final act. I never felt, I never felt kind of like a sort of a I don't know a hopeless heaviness or anything. You know. Yeah, I was I I told Keon about like the last thirty minutes of this movie, and his head started to spin because it really is a wild ending, especially mm-hmm. like. Because, well, we'll get into that later. But also, I feel like there's something about this movie that, but I was, like, trying to defend. I was like, but it doesn't feel like what you're saying. It doesn't feel as, like, dangerous or, like, I don't know, scary, I guess. I don't know what words I'm trying to use here. Because, like, the guy's cutting his fingers off. It sounds wild. But it almost feels like some sort of Irish tall tale. You know, like, oh, old Colm, what's his face? Like, he said he didn't want to be friends with this guy and he'd cut off a finger anytime he came and the other guy came and said hello to him. And it's just like, it, it didn't feel, um, yeah, it didn't feel like it was this, like what you're saying, this like, what were, what adjective am I looking for here, Colin? I mean, I, th- I think, I don't know if I can narrow it into one word, but I think we've talked about like that feeling that you get watching like, Goodfellas or a mafia movie where like at any moment someone's going to get shot or going to get hurt. Not suspenseful, I guess. No, but there's that tension of like at any moment something could happen. And and I think in this movie, I was almost expecting it because it's like Martin McDonough doesn't necessarily do feel good movies or feel good plays. And so especially knowing that someone chops their fingers off, it's like, oh God, am I going to see this in like graphic detail? Is it going to be a jump moment? Is he going to suddenly just chop it off and I'm not prepared for it? Like, how are they going to do it? And I think it was, even though the narrative on paper uh, is so like extreme in some ways in the final act, it's done in a really gentle way. Um, Yeah. You know, and even with Jenny dying, which I was like really kind of bracing myself for, you know, I was it was very moved by it. I thought it was it was a really sad scene, and and when Parrot goes, ah, oh, Jenny, I just I know. crumpled. But the way that it was handled was so <laughs> respectful of Jenny and it so was. loving yeah. of Jenny that I and and that there was an intention also made that he wasn't going to kill Colm's dog, where he was like, yes. "Why would I harm you? You're the nicest thing about him." I think that made me realize that I was in a world that wasn't going to wasn't going to fuck with me like that, you know? Yeah, it's it's it feels like that word, you know, like that kind media that you talk about, uh-huh. right? but it but within that there's still some painful things going on. Yeah, and and I think uh it, it's it's just balanced so well that even though it's it's it doesn't even necessarily end with a happy ending, I felt resolved. I felt like okay, I think this all uh I'm I wasn't left with the same kind of feeling, say, with like Triangle of Sadness, where I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I yes, I think there was a catharsis as well to this movie that I really appreciated, especially once Jenny died. I was like, oh, you need to go ham on that motherfucker. And I appreciate yeah. it that without it being a total like sudden like or like a basic revenge story at the end, I did feel like good burn his house down. He killed your and and never forgive him for for your donkey dying. Yeah, some things we don't move on from. I love that. I I really I felt resolution in the fact that they were never going to resolve this. You know, 
Yeah, it was the only way that he could really, because like if you really think about it, um, Colm is just being a big baby. You know what I mean? Like he's the one that's like acting so over the top by cutting his fingers off and throw like all four, the rest of his hand basically at the door. Like it's because of you and your dumb pride or whatever you want to call this. Mm-hmm. Like you're, I don't even know, like uh, it's not even a midlife crisis. It's like near end life crisis. It's yeah, just grow the fuck up. Yeah, it's really so. I mean, I guess yeah. To to back up and set this up because I yes, feel yes. like for anyone who doesn't know this story, this might all sound. This might be how Keon felt of like <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, this movie now amazing. This movie wastes zero point zero time. Like it immediately starts with you know uh, uh, Parrot going to see his friend Colm for them to take their daily walk to the pub in the afternoon. And suddenly Colm, you know, won't answer the door, won't respond to him, just, you know, uh, is not interested and has decided he does not want to be friends with Parrick anymore. And it's, you know, it's a it's a breakup story. He's just like, yeah, I just, you didn't do anything. You didn't say anything. There's nothing you did wrong. I just find you dull. And I, nothing, and as he says to him at one point, like, you know, everything you bring to the table, like none of it helps me. None of this is making my life better. I just, I don't need this. I need peace. And he just cuts him off. And, um, and Parrick is just kind of like this, he's just like this golden retriever in some ways. He's like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't want to play? Don't you want to play? Why don't you want to play? And, and I, then over time we just kind of, you know, uh, Colum kind of ups the ante of like, okay, here it goes do not ever speak to me again and if you do i'm going to chop off one of my fingers on my fiddling hand because i'm like the island fiddler and i'm gonna give it to you and you know maybe that'll give you you know that'll help you take the hint and um let's just say it, it takes more than one finger to ever resolve this and um yeah eventually he Chops off all of his fingers, which I, at, yeah, I agree. At that point, it was petulant. It was like, but he only spoke to you one more time, and you just you just jumped ahead and chopped the rest of the fingers off. So it's like, it does really bring up the question, and, and it doesn't ever really resolve the question of why is Colum really doing this? And um, I, I love that. I love, like, that in some ways it's very simple. He's like, I just, I, I, I don't want to fuck around. I don't want to just waste my time with this boring friendship for whatever time I have left in my life. You're, I could be, I could be making music or I could be talking to you about your donkey's poop and I'd rather make music. And there's a part of me that gets that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he calls him flat out at one point, like you're a distraction or at least in my mind he did. And like you said, yeah, I get, it's like, but if he's a distraction, like, say, I'm going to write this song and I need a week. How about you give me some space? You know what I mean? I don't have to cut my whole hand off for this. But it feels like such a, it's like Van Gogh cutting his ear off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's such composer behavior, like such tortured artist. It it, it makes for a good story. It, you're, I agree with you that it, it has kind of this, like, Irish folklore thing, you know? And, and we kind of just accept the world uh you know that this exists in i feel like the mere presence of uh, mrs mccormick who's kind of like the oh closest they have to a, a local banshee sets the tone like this is a this is an island with a banshee you know she's terrifying and perfect oh she was great yeah um 
and so you know it, the where Carrie Condon comes in is she plays Parrick's sister Siobhan, his older sister. Their parents died like eight years ago, and she is. We've talked about this before. She is the sister who stays. You yeah. know, um, best supporting sister. She has stayed to basically help. You know take care of Parrick in some ways and um but is certainly in her own ways is growing out of in a Sheeran and um you know has an opportunity ultimately by the end to leave and it's I love that I love that there was you know Siobhan had her role in Parrick and Colum's conflict and I love that she never left Parrick's side you know what I mean like she was always on his side about this um and then there was kind of like that little, you know, you know, uh, sort of a, a subplot with her and Dominic. But then there's this whole other Siobhan story, you know? Oh, God, I love it. I love when she stuck up for Peric at the at the bar and just yelled at everyone like she's got a good yell. Oh, well, you know, now is as good a time as any. I, I have a clip of one of my favorite Ooh, moments yes. from the movie. This is when, um, so Dominic is kind of like the island dolt. He's a, a younger guy who lives with his father, the, who's the, the, you know, police officer on the island who's, you know, a, a total asshole. Uh, and his father, you know, beats him one night for stealing alcohol. And so he comes to stay with Parrick and Siobhan for the night and oh, he's yeah. he's getting under Siobhan's skin and th this so this clip is um uh for me in some ways was like when Carrie Condon won it for me and also includes a fabulous roar yes and how is it Siobhan that you wasn't ever married It's none of your feckin' business how I was never feckin' married. How isn't it? How isn't it? Was you never wild? Wild? Was I never wild? I don't know what you're talking about, Dominic. Wild how? Angry? Because I'm getting angry now, I can tell you. Not angry, wild. You just keep saying wild, Dominic. Wild? My brother told you, didn't he? That you'd be out in the road if you started talking stupid to me. He said creepy, not stupid. Well, you failed on both counts, haven't you? I've... I'm off to bed and he's not staying here another night, Porrick. I don't care how depressed you are. I'd rather have the donkey in. Oh, I love that. I'd rather have the donkey in. Ugh. I love, I love, I, the script is so quick and there's great fights and everyone's so witty and perfect, especially her. She is really is great. And, and, you know, I think in some ways she's probably the closest to like the audience proxy, right? Like we, we can kind of align with her the easiest, I think. Colm, you know, is on purpose, very obtuse. Like we can, he explains in, you know, in, in brief explanations or in, you know, longer explanations, but very emotionless explanations why he's doing this. But we know that there's more going on. And Parrick is, you know, there is an element of like, you feel sorry for him more than you identify with him, at least at first. And so thank God there's Siobhan who really kind of in some ways bounces between them because she can go to calm and, and you know, as she says, you know, uh, Hey, what the hell is going on with you and my fucking brother? You know, like she can kind of play that role, play that older sister role. And, um, but I, what I love is that, you know, he, at one point when she confronts 
Colum and he says like I'm just I'm just after a little bit of peace and there's like this long shot held on her face and you kind of realize that like yeah she supports her brother and is standing up for her brother but she doesn't not fully understand what Colum is doing either you know yeah she's super smart and she has like she's a sister who stayed home but she has like big brother energy like I just wanted her to punch someone at one point in the movie and we never got it but mm. um, it she punches with her words yeah yeah she punches with her words and I feel like she is uh, she's too big for that island you know I think that she's yep. there's there's that one point where you know uh, Pater the cop like confronts her in in town and you know uh tells her oh yeah nobody likes you in this town that's why nobody likes you and i don't i don't believe that nobody likes siobhan i don't think that that's true i think you know obviously nobody likes him but i do think that she's she she needed to go to the mainland like she needed to get out of there yeah she just maybe doesn't fit in because like you said she's bigger than this island she's smarter than these Mm -hmm. people and she needs a change of scenery yeah, she reads. I feel like, you know, that line about Mozart being, you know, 18th century, not 17th. It was this great moment of like, here was Colum with this big speech about the importance of music. And he's, and he's doing this big swing and dick contest about, you know, music from, you know, men from the 17th, you know, 17th century. But we don't, you know, we don't remember how nice they were. And I just love that she, she could have that one little you know, element of, of advantage over him of like, well, if you're really going to play that role, it's actually 18th century. So, uh, yeah, she's still a little bit smarter than who, than whoever thinks are the smartest guy on the Island, you know? Yeah. And don't you feckin' forget it. Don't you feckin' forget it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's it, it. She's, I really enjoyed her and I, um, I was so worried I don't know. I was like, I don't know what this movie's going to pull. I was like, don't, you can't kill Siobhan. Like, I need to have a very happy ending for Siobhan. I can understand a, a not-so-happy ending for everybody else, but I need her to I need her to land on those two feet, you know? And the way that she goes, she's just like, I'm leaving, and she gets her suitcase. It just feels like she left within 15 minutes. Yeah, it really is, because she tells him, like, she, you know, we, we find out through, you know, her picking up the mail and Mrs. O'Reardon reading her mail that she's, I think she's applied for a job at a library on the mainland, and so she's, you know, we know that she's kind of been planning this, and it, and by the time she tells Parrick, it's like, oh, the, the, the trip's already booked, you know, and yeah. I, they don't, they don't really explore this, but I can understand the idea that if she if she told him any sooner, she might have been able to talk herself out of it, you know? Ooh, I do like that a lot, actually. Yeah. So it's kind of best to just, like, rip off the Band-Aid. Because even even in her quick goodbye, he makes it very painful. And, you know, uh, he says, oh, well, you know, come, you'll be back soon, right? And she goes, oh, Parrick. And he goes, oh, don't say, oh, Parrick. Tell me you'll be back soon. And it's, you know, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think she needed to almost, like, do just short of disappearing in the night, you know? Yeah, it's like leaving your dog at home. I mean, he's just so, uh, he's so sweet. That one line where he's like, I can't keep the donkey outside when I'm sad. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that he, like, he is such a sweetheart and he cuddles with Jenny and obviously he's nice to Colm's dog and, you know, even him, you know. I I don't know. I, I, I don't envy him knowing his animals poop so intimately, but, like, he very much cares about these animals. 
yeah, he's just such a sweetheart. It's like, and so funny. I, in like a very subtle way, like when they're talking about, I think it's him and Siobhan at like the dinner table and she's like, maybe he's depressed. And he's like, that's what I was thinking. That he's depressed. Yeah. And he whispers. The it was whisper. so funny. I laughed so hard. Yeah. And they have a great little chemistry. I think, you oh. know, sibling relationships, adult sibling relationships are never boring in movies and TV shows. I think they're, they're, we, I mean, obviously I love, you know, parent child stories and, you know, mother daughters and whatnot, you know, fathers and sons. It's like, uh, is there a, is there an interesting female character? But I, I feel like there's a lot of tropes when it comes to parent child relationships in movies and TV shows. There's a lot of familiar relationship models, but I feel like relationships between, between siblings are so much more gray area, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of like, Rachel getting married mm-hmm. or, um, you know, all the other great movies that we've talked about with siblings. It, it, it is. It's more. And I, I love that they sleep in the same room together and it's not weird. They have separate beds, of course. And it's also like 1924 or something. So it's like you, you get what you get. Um, but yeah, it's like I didn't really question it. But like, yeah, it's like she should be leaving. She shouldn't be sleeping in the same room as her brother. And it's never really disclosed like what their ages are. It's like in a way I feel like they it's it's almost as if they're meant to be younger than they actually are in real life yeah and i think there's a sense that he is very much intellectually younger than his actual age just in terms of like what he's exposed to and she might even be older than her actual age just in like the role that she's had to play you know as kind of like the pseudo mother of the house um but i also feel like she's she's got a lot of living to do you know yeah. And I, you know, it's very clear also that like he needs her more than she needs him. You know, I think that that great scene at the pub when he confronts Colum and he talks about, you know, the, the whole nice scene oh, and, yeah. you know, people being, you know, remember being remembered for being nice versus the music they make. And, you know, he and, and Patrick says, you know, uh, and, you know, and Siobhan's nice and I'll always remember her forever. And she's like behind him and, and he doesn't know she's there. And it's like it's such a sweet moment. And then later at the house, I think the next day they're talking about because he was drunk. And so they're talking about it the next day. And, you know, he's like, oh, I was awful, wasn't I? And she's like, oh, no, you, you were lovely. You were lovely about me. And he's like, well, of course, how else how else is there to be about you except lovely? You know, and I was just like, that is adorable. And the truth, how else could you be about Siobhan but lovely? Because she's just, she's lovely. I know. And no one else, she she feels like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. Like everywhere she goes, they're just like, ugh, Siobhan. Like even, you know, Mrs. O'Riordan or Riordan, whatever it is. Like she's like, it's like she doesn't play the game. And I feel Mm -hmm. like people want her to play the game. And she's like, no, I'm not a part of this. She doesn't do the dance of the town. She doesn't get into the gossip. She doesn't, you know, she, yeah, she just doesn't do, and any, any community has this, right? Where it's like, there's just a way that we do things or there's a, yeah. um, you know, there, I don't know. Uh, she just, yeah, very much doesn't fit in with that either. You know, where she does find the most acceptance is of course with Dominic, poor sweet minded Dominic. And they have that lovely scene by the river where he like, you know, stumbles through asking her out basically. And she just has like, she's just so sweet with him where he's like, Oh, you know, I I don't suppose 
you, know, you you never imagined falling in love with someone like me and she's like oh love i don't i don't think so you know and like it's just and and he has that heartbreaking line of like well there goes that dream. And I thought, oh, my God, now I know I got nominated for a Golden Globe. That was incredible. I know. And she, it's not, I don't know. She's not talking down to him. She's just having, like, a genuine reaction. And you can almost tell, like, she is flattered. And in a way, I feel like she kind of needed it. Yeah, I think so. I think to be seen in some way. But I also, I love that she's also, I, I feel like a lesser movie would try to find the love story between them, maybe. Or... Try yeah. to find like where uh, Siobhan's happy ending would be finding love on the island, you know, versus leaving yeah, and, and staying. And staying, yeah. And I, I love that instead, yeah, in that stunning yellow coat, oh, she heads off on the beach, yeah, uh, and she heads off to the mainland, and um, and and she writes a letter to Parrot telling him how. She's got a window overlooking a river, and, and I think she says, and everybody see already seems less mental and less bitter. And yeah. I just, I'm like, because I was also concerned because they're, it, this is all set at the tail end of the Irish Civil War, and there's, and they can hear, you know, the gunfire, gunshots, whatever, kind of off on the island every once in a while. So there's that sense of like going to the mainland was also kind of a, you know, a, a prohibitive thing. And so part of me was like, oh, please. Do not let Siobhan go to the mainland and get killed in, like, something. Oh, I know. Even when she was walking on the beach, I was like, what if, like, a stray bullet, like, hit her and she just fell dead on this beach? I would scream. Yeah. I just I just didn't need that. Um, I do love, though, that her, her final shot in the movie is her on the boat and she's waving to Parrick on the shore. And then I think what it is that she can see uh, Colm on, like, another kind of like further down the shore and she I don't did you notice this where like yes. she's kind of waving goodbye and then it's like she sees Colum and there's this like almost this look of distress on her face and it's the last shot of her and it left me feeling like yeah. what does she know what is she seeing you know yeah for so I I you can totally tell that it is Colum but for some reason like after the movie was over I was like was that Dominic because I mean we're getting into the ending here because Mrs. Mccormick sort of prophesizes that is that the word prophesize yeah, yeah we're go it sounds that. right yeah i do love that interaction between her and parik on the on the road he hides behind the wall because he doesn't want to talk to oh her. yeah he, yeah he thinks the coast is clear and she's right there and she looks so scary and but he basically she basically says like there are going to be two deaths and in a sharon before months end or something like that and so it's kind of I don't know. It's almost like the white Lotus. It's like, who is it? You're just looking out for it. And there's only a certain amount of time left in the movie. So we're, I thought, I mean, should, should we go into what, maybe you take it from here. I'll pass the torch to you. In terms of like, uh, plot or like how much we want to reveal too soon. Or like, who did you think was going to die? I think, you know, I would say if you're listening to this, you're either not mad at spoilers or you've already seen it. It is on, sure. a, is on HBO now. And, oh, um, nice. And and I also feel like, you know, this is the kind of movie that even if you know the ending, I, st I feel like there's still so much value in, in the story that's being told and the, and the things that are being brought up. Because I feel like it's it's about what happens and it's about kind of the the, thi the, the nuances that get them there. Like, I think there's a lot here about the values of this movie, you know? And, like, I think Colm is is being very 
cold to Parrick, but there is a certain code of ethics he also seems to have. Like when Parrick gets punched by the cop in the town, Colum does help him onto the onto his buggy and then like helps bring him home, but doesn't talk to him. And so it's like this interesting thing where he isn't like I never want to help like, you never, yeah. yeah like i wouldn't even spit on you if you on you if you were on fire you yes. know i guess when he punches the cop later you know in the oh, pub it feels so good it feels so good and so there's still like these moments of humanity where you're kind of thinking like is colm gonna just drop this eventually like what's gonna finally break this and you know because it's like he even says at one point after the after the whole the 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 nice fight basically at the the pub that one night he even says about parrick it's like I kind of feel like I like him again. You know, that was the most interesting thing about him. And so you're kind of like, I I don't know, are these going to be just like two old Irish guys who just drop it and have a drink, you know? Yeah. And I think Jenny dying was the best thing that could have happened for both of them, really, because now it's like Maria at the West, at the end of West Side Story. She's like, I can kill now because I hate now. (laughs) Yes. Parrick becomes Maria. I know. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh! And uh, she's got a message for his for his Irish buddy. Yeah, I got a message for your feckin' Irish buddy. <laughs> your arse. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and so I, I I do think that, and it and what's interesting is it wasn't Colum killing Jenny. It's that he chopped off the rest of his fingers, threw them at Parrick and and Siobhan's house, and then Jenny you know, choked on one of the fingers and died. And so, and, and Colum expresses remorse about it. I mean, that's even part of like the scene when he punches the cop where he's like, you know, Hey, leave him alone. His donkey just died. You know, like again, he doesn't hate Parrick. He just doesn't want to like expend any more mental energy on him. I feel that, you know, what, like you said before, too, there's there's something to where he said, like, that's the most I've ever liked him or something when he got fired up, when he had like this fire in his soul or got angry and was able to just like step outside himself for a moment and not talk about his donkey's shite, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when he talks to Dominic and Dominic tells him that and then he has this grand idea to go over to the house and just kind of. I don't know, put on this, it's not an act, but like he thinks it's going to resolve everything. He's like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to sit on the chair and I'm going to tell him what's up and give him a piece of my mind. But it's still like he can see through it. You know, it's like the motives, although it's just not well thought out on Pavrik's part and he ends up cutting the rest of his fingers off. But like, I think by Jenny dying and especially for Colin being responsible for it, it's that it evens the playing field. And then like when he says like, it's just the beginning, bitch, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to burn your house down. It's like the ultimate gesture of who or, or like what Colm likes the most about Parik, which is crazy because it's like, it's why did it have to get to this point? But it did. He's like, okay, we're, it's almost like this evenness at the end. It's like, all right, we're both even now and maybe we'll never forgive each other, but you yeah. finally rose to the occasion. It, there, it, there is that right where it, like, th- of course, between two men, there, there might be some resolution found in like, ah, oh, you manned up a little bit because yeah, 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 and yet at the same time, I also feel like that may be the case for Colum, but now Parrick is like, no, I'm never gonna get over this. Like, I'm, I'm still gonna always be mad at like, unless you're dead, that I'm still never gonna forgive you for the fact that my Jenny died, you know, and. 
that I agree with completely. <laughs> like, I know. I love that it's over a donkey, like something like the, the line, like, leave him alone. His donkey just died. I almost laughed at that because it, I mean, but I, I get it. Obviously, I would I'd kill him, too, or I'd punch him in the face. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes back to there's like there is there's a certain I don't know, ethic or there's certain a certain value here about life. And I think that 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 really is reflected in when Colum is in confession the second time and he tells the priest about like, oh, I, I killed a miniature donkey. And the priest is like, do you really think God cares about a miniature horse? And Colum is like, I fear that he doesn't. And I think that's where we've gone wrong. And I think that's just, that's the problem is that like that it's in a, in an interesting way, he's admitting to the priest that he agrees with Parrick. This is an unforgivable act this is something you don't move on from and i i really i thought that was just so interesting that like the problem here is that god doesn't care about a loss like that where it destroys parrick's life you know what i mean that's a problem and i just thought that was such a nuance that he has compassion that in some ways it's being said that god doesn't even care and in the way that column cares about this and and so i think that explains why he doesn't, you know, because, yeah, Parrick tells him, like, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I'm going to burn your house down, and you better make sure your dog's out of the house because I don't need to hurt him. And I don't care if you're in that house. I won't check. I'm just burning it down. So do what you're going to do. Yeah, I feel like the, you're talking about the code of ethics, too, but I also feel like because um, Parrick, like, just droned on about Jenny 24-7, like, to the point, like, that line about him talking about his poop is intentional because mm-hmm. like it shows i think column knew how much he fucked up in that moment yeah and they're the only two humans like you know because siobhan's gone that know how much that donkey meant to him so it's it almost and then it kind of i don't know why i'm thinking of this right now but it's like uh when in drag race when <laughs> Chanel and Chad Michaels had a feud for like so many years and then Chanel's mom died I think Uh and Chad went to the funeral it takes something like that to kind of snap people back into reality a bit and even though you know it's like the damage was already done but it's it kind of brought him into that space of Oh, fuck, not Jenny. Like, it was like this even playing ground for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, I never intended to do that to you. I was, yeah, yes, I'd yes. rather cut off my own hand than kill your donkey. You know what I mean? I know. Which is literally what it basically was. And and so that that sense of like, okay, you're going to burn my house down. And, and for whatever reason, he decides to not die in that house. But I, I do think a big part of that is what he says, like, well, all the same, thanks for looking after my dog. You know, and like, I think there's something here about male friendship and about how men level playing fields and how they even scores and how they keep scores. And women do this, too. But this is done in this like quiet, like Irish men not talking about their feelings kind of way. And yeah, but what I love at the end is that. I think that that all is resolved or all could have been resolved for column. And it's almost like the tables are turned now. And it's like, yeah, anytime you need me to look after after your dog, I will, I will never forgive you for the fact that Jenny's died. Jenny died. Yep. That it's, I love that. I didn't want them to get together and be friends again. I wanted it to be honor Jenny, you know, honor Siobhan and honor Jenny, you know? (laughs) Yes, that's true. Yeah. 
it's just like such a shame that it, this is what it took to get there. Like it's almost like this. I mean, obviously, Colm couldn't have planned any of that. You know, he didn't intend for Jenny to die, but it it was the only thing that got through to him. It mm-hmm. wasn't the fingers; it was Jenny, and it just happened by chance. Yeah, it, right. That like that was the thing that almost, that, as you said, like basically brought out the the part of Parrick that Colm likes the most. But yes, as in a sort of Greek tragedy, it's like, and yet that version of Parrick doesn't want to be friends with you anymore. The irony. Yeah. I love this fucking this fucking movie. <laughs> it's I mean it's so funny. Again, like I know that I, I've I've already been so awful about Triangle of Sadness, but one of the things I I really struggled with it was that I felt like the points that it was making it was doing it with like Microsoft Word art, you know. And sure, I just yeah, think that Microsoft this Paint. yeah, and and this movie I think has been was doing it in, in a much more subtle way. I could go back and watch this again, and I think get even more out of it. You know, I. And the fact that it is, I mean, besides the amazing Siobhan, it is so much about men and men's relationships and the dynamics between men. And I, as an actrosexual, I was like, this is an actrosexual's movie about men because I am obsessed. I'm, yes, I, if, agreed. If this, was, if this was Anne Dowd and Irish actress, and you know, dark-haired Irish, Anne Dowd and Celia Ward, she's not Irish, <laughs> I, I would be just as interested. But like, that was my biggest takeaway was like, oh, I'm I'm wrapped up in this as if it were a female friendship, you know? Yeah, I wonder I, when we were talking about Siobhan before, too, like what if she was written as an older brother? Like what if Siobhan was Sean? You know what I mean? Oh, like, what, yeah. Would, would it still ring? Would it still? I mean, I, we would like it less. But like if it had the same qualities as Siobhan, I, I, I think I'd still like this movie. Yeah, I might be. I, it might have taken me a lot longer to see it. If he got that, if he had a yellow coat. <laughs> yeah, but if I found out he had a yellow coat, then now I'm interested. Yeah. I, you know, it would be interesting if, I mean, and I think there are so many movies like this where, yeah, the only female characters are like the Mrs. O'Reardons of the cast. You know what I mean? Just like the old lady yeah. at the shop. And I, I could certainly see this as a movie where it is just the, the dynamics between all these Irish men on this island. But, uh, yeah, the the chances of me seeing it, but, you know, there are so many movies about Irish men that I'll I'll just I'll just never. Yeah, I'm see. hooked now. Yeah, yeah, but now I'm hooked because maybe I'll enjoy it. Maybe I like watching men. I know. I mean, especially if it's these two. Oh. I feel like they have such a history outside of the movie too. They were both in in Bruges together. Have you seen that movie? No, and I think that's the kind of movie like what we were talking about where my impression is that it's a, it's a tense movie that you're like, "Oh god, someone could get punched at any moment." Yeah, that's what I thought too cuz Keon yeah. saw it and I don't know how long ago he saw it, but I was like, I thought it was like some action movie or something. He's like, "No, but it, we the conversation shifted and we didn't." So I don't know what it's about, but I know he won a Golden Globe for that too. Back in the day, I feel Colin Farrell did. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I remember that coming out, but it was like there are so many movies where I'm like, oh, I'm never going to see that. And I was actually thinking recently, like, I I kind of want to <laughs> – this sounds like a pseudo, no good, very bad gay, but it's like force myself to watch movies that I would never watch. You know, I like that though. Yeah, and like like just a random one where I'm like, oh god, I know of that movie and I would never watch it. I'm gonna watch it. You know, and and not yeah. even bad ones. You know, because like yeah, one of them could be. And I was thinking about this like a movie that I would never watch is a a movie from the year 2000 called The Replacements with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. It's a football movie. 
Oh, God. I, I feel like I, re- I, mean, I remember seeing like commercials for it on TV. I would never watch that movie, but maybe I should watch it. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, there's another football movie with like George Clooney and John Krasinski called Leatherheads. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And I like it's almost like a Pollock where I'm like, oh, I hate that movie. I don't ever want to see that movie. I don't, I don't hate sure. Pollock, but I'm like, I re- I reject it, I think, because I don't like the cover art. I don't like the look on George Clooney's face in the cover art. <laughs> what a leatherhead. What a leatherhead. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's no transition for this, but this is just a little detail that I wanted to mention before I forget. Uh, the music for this movie, which is by uh, the sort of score is like Carter Burwell, who... Uh, Martin McDonough was like no traditional Irish music, yeah, I saw which that. I loved because this, Irish music's great, and there is traditional Irish music in the movie. And God bless it. I'll say this: you bring a drum into that, and I'm interested. I know, you know, Even at the table at when the they table? start playing that like jig, I was like, yes, this oh, is what I came for. I like, I, I locked my arms down by my sides and I just started kicking. I just started kicking. <laughs> it was so good. But um, the movie opens with this like, you know, choir singing and it was, uh, Oh yeah. It reminded me of, do you remember the choir music from in the bedroom? Remember that Sissy Spacek's character yes. is like a music conductor yeah, at the church. Or something. Yeah. The slap, the slap and the slap. Yeah. So I was like, Oh God, it sounds just like that. Well, what was so interesting is that from, the Banshees of Inishirin, it's this, um, it, it it's called, I'm not, I shouldn't, I'll try, uh, Polignala e Tadora, <laughs> but it's, um, sung by the, like, uh, Bulgarian state radio and television female voice choir, so it's some Bulgarian choir singing, and then in, in the bedroom, uh, there's three different, uh, traditional songs and one of them is Bulgarian, and they're all no sung way. by the Newark Balkan Girls Chorus, so I apparently have an ear for Bulgarian. <laughs> <laughs> you whisper it. You're like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I think he's in Europe for, Bulgar- for, for Bulgarian. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I uh, I just had to mention that. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, but I did love when this when it opened. I was like, ooh, giving me, giving me, like, Sissy Spacek getting smacked by Marissa Tomei. Yes. Uh, you're going to let me get away with everything. I love it. This movie was so cute and so not cute. That's not the right word. I just really, really liked it in ways it like it's like what was the movie last year that we did that was uh, that took place like um what oh, had that uh, Jamie Dornan in it Belfast and yeah Bench. yeah 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 mm-hmm. uh, Belfast. It's like it's a companion piece, but I so much prefer this one. And it's you know it's different subject matter, but um I just I really loved it. Yeah, our Irish movies, My Left Foot and Belfast and The Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah, I think yeah. it's uh, maybe some like, what are some others, folks? Yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, we, I'm I'm OK to stay on, on in Ireland, you know? Yeah, I know. I don't want to leave. No, uh, I guess the last thing I would say, and this is just like a final thought on Parrick, because I feel like. At the end of them, I I think who he is at the end is so fascinating and how he's interacting with Colum and even like in, in his letter back to Siobhan 
you know, where he lies and he tells her that, you know, Jenny, he doesn't tell her about Jenny, which I think is interesting. But I, she says something in her letter that she's, you know, I'm now in, you know, firmly ensconced in the mainland. And in his letter back, he says, obviously, I don't know what ensconced means. And there's a certain maturity in that where it's not that Parrick is any smarter, like he's still maybe kind of not the smartest guy on the island, but there's a certain self-awareness now that I think in a weird way, I can see what Colum finds attractive about that, you know? Yeah, I think it had to happen also so that he could survive Siobhan leaving. Yeah. And, like, kind of man up a bit in a way because it's like she was taking care of him, and I'm sure in a way, like, Colum was taking care of him and making sure that, like, I guess maybe protecting him from the world. And I think it, it kind of, I don't want to say changed him for the better, but he, he changed... I don't know. He, it's for himself in a way, so he could kind of stick up for himself and start this new chapter. Yeah, I think it's like a. It's almost like seeing a loss of innocence, where it's like, oh, you know, you had a, you had such a, you know, again that little boy face at the beginning, and I feel like even even physically, he doesn't really have that little boy face at the end. Like it's a much more hardened face, and I think it it is that thing of like, well, you did need to grow up to be able to take care of yourself, but it is sad to see what you lost, you know, in some ways represented by Jenny, you know? Yeah. This toy pet, you know? It's got layers, this movie. It's got layers. It's got layers of beautiful sweaters on. Let me tell you what. Those sweaters. I dream of them. Oh, yeah. This was, this is a super high recommend. This is a beautiful movie. And we got to see a penis in it. So, like, even if you wanted to see (laughs) some male nudity, we get to see Pater naked sleeping in his chair. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see it until like the last second because the shadows are just cast kind of perfectly so. But um, there you go. There you go. I mean, you know, it's not even because I don't think it's really there, but it does lead to the the final thought of like, in what ways is there like gay subtext to this movie? And oh, I know. Yeah. Even though I didn't really feel it at all watching this, like I very much felt this was purely about friendship, and I didn't need it to be like actually a love story like i think we need to have stories about this especially about male friendship yeah but i i so in some ways i'm like going to the gay thing feels like this is why we don't get more stories about male friendship is because people just go immediately to oh he's just in love with him yeah but at the same time i think the if anything kind of seeing this as a love story is interesting because it very much is and it, it has the same power of a love story and um and and more nuance because I think when friends break up, it's just, you know, it's kind of like how we're talking about siblings. Like there's just so much gray area in how you portray a friendship and a friendship ending. Yeah, I mean, all I have to say is if Colin Farrell was chasing after me, I, I wouldn't protest. But I think the fact that he's dull and like, you know, it, I think there was like a little bit of me. I mean, I still think Colin Farrell is perfect, but like, would it have served the story better if it wasn't Colin Farrell who was cast in this? Someone who's still kind of charming and good looking in his own right, because it does add to it. You know what I mean? It's like that puppy, those those eyes, the eyebrows. But I wouldn't have it any other way at the same time. Yeah, like what if it was Tobey Maguire? <laughs> <laughs> Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'd, it's like you kind. He has to be manly enough but childish enough yeah and i actually i think that colin farrell was kind of the perfect choice yeah i really do i really think i i don't see anybody else unless they want to get ann dowd and seal award or what's her name there it is the one who was on touched by an angel roma downey 
Roma Downey, Downey and Dowd and Roma Downey in the Banshees of Long Island. Yeah, I want to see the New York remake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know that we probably have to get somebody other than Roma Downey at that point. Um, yeah. Right, well, that's what I'm going to put myself to sleep doing tonight is thinking about the um, the inevitable American remake of the Banshees of Inisherin <laughs> set in Long Island. <laughs> yes, Banshees of Inisherin. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't hang out with you anymore. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god! She's like no. obsessed with me. I'm like, I'm just let's just go. This is kind of like a real house. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna cut off all. I'm gonna cut up all my uh, my Gucci bags. If yeah, keeps hanging out with me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna cut up all my bags for my 50 best girlfriends. If you keep hanging out with me, okay. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to go sleep. to sleep. <laughs> oh. oh my god! And like, <laughs> Siobhan is like Carol. You know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, Carol, Carol is the old lady, Mrs. Yeah. McCormick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the marathon. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, oh, my God. All right. Well, that could spin me into so many tangents, but unfortunately, we are being played off by Bulgarian choir we singers. Go. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, put on your yellow jacket and uh, let's get out of here. But first things first, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you could find me uh, currently uh, covering season 15 of Drag Race on All Right Mary. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And keep your feckin' papers peeled because the best supporting after show is is on her way. We'll be out on Friday where we will be catching up on things we've been watching and doing and eating and queening mm. out about uh, so much more. And that's all at patreon.com slash BSA pod. And you not only get access to that and like a ton of other after shows and the first season of Smash, but you'd get early access to episodes just like this. Uh. It's perfect. Get on over there, folks. That's something to scream about if you ask me. Uh, Anyway, folks, uh, I believe, as they say on the shores of Inishirin, that, as they say, is that.